you know, it's for sure. Nice little office there. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a WeWork space. So, you know, we get like a whole bunch of offices and um, we're upstairs. Uh, I work in real estate. So, uh, so yeah, we get, we get this little thing. No one's here in the morning. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, thank you, David. No problem. All right, let's just start this real quick because I know you're a busy guy. Well, I'm not busy now. Okay. I mean, like, I, I made my time for you, so uh, I know you're busy. You guys are the one with the 8 a.m. Like, how do you book 8 a.m. Uh, on a Sunday? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm working every day. I, I get here, like, at 7.30. I leave, like, at 5. And I'm trying to make some money. Yeah. No, I get it. I worked uh, all night last night until about 4 a.m. Oh, oh, shit. So, but that's my thing. If I have to work, I have to work. And if you enjoy what you're doing, I enjoy what I'm doing. You oh, yeah, for sure. Real estate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. I love it. You get to see a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get to explore New York City. Yeah, and you get to explore <laughs> the people who live in it and how they live. Yeah. So I make it better. I don't know. It looks better. You were talking more. Hmm. Radio. Live from New York. Live from New York City. So how long have you been interviewing people? You are my second guest. Excellent. Who's your first? Uh, there was, it was this uh, really talented uh, girl from, from Brooklyn. Uh, her name's Olivia uh, K. Olivia Harris. And um, it's kind of like 80s-esque Caribbean music. Super cool, super talented. And, uh, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. And, you, and how many times have you been to Edinburgh? Have you been to Edinburgh, Scotland? Mm -mm. No, you got to go. Yeah. Get out yeah, man. You got to explore more. Well, I mean, the time comes when the time comes. I mean, I heard about Edinburgh, but I never really went. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it was. Right. But it's amazing. <laughs> now that I've been, I tell everybody about it. Awesome. So let's uh, let's get started. There we go. Three, two, one, clap. Hey guys, and welcome to the Sounds Like NYC podcast. I am alone today because Bruce had um, some things to do. She's just like a two-man thing, but um, I think I can manage by myself, hopefully. Um, I'm here with Walter, uh, a.k.a. Van Gogh Find Yourself. Uh, tell me a little about yourself. Oh, wow. Well, a little about myself. Well, basically, uh, Find Yourself is in the title of my show. And basically, after 20 years in New York, I guess I kind of found something to stick around for. Right. Uh, I wrote a solo show about Van Gogh, mm -hmm. and now I'm doing this show. I want to, I, I like to say all over the world, but, uh, you know, I haven't been to China yet with it. So, <laughs> but I've been to England and Scotland, mm -hmm. and I'm doing Philadelphia, I'm doing right. Orlando, Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done New York. Uh, so, you know, I'm just about to branch out and maybe go across the continental U.S. and then uh, maybe tour some uh, roaring, uh, uh, rural touring. There's a rural touring scheme in England. So I'd like mm -hmm. to uh, go tour the little towns in England. Uh, and I just happened to come upon that idea mm -hmm. uh, because the NRTF is the National Rural Touring Forum. 
Right. And I met them at the Edinburgh Festival in oh, okay. Edinburgh, Scotland. So that's got me caught on the idea of how to travel and do your show. Mm-hmm. And so they, that's one idea I've always liked. And I, you know, admired people who travel and do their show, stand up comedians, they travel, they do their show. Right, they right, go right. to different cities, they mm-hmm. constantly perform. And as an actor, you know, when you're auditioning and you're in plays and you, at least for me, I didn't get to travel a lot with my shows. Right. I did a bunch in New York, and it was, but I didn't get to travel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do, do you think like the travel makes you like you know a better artist, or does it not matter? It's just like you bring your own like city to that other like city. I think both. Uh, when I went to Edinburgh, you know your 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 spidey senses are tingling. You're on point. <laughs> uh, you travel. When I would go, I travel alone. Mm-hmm. And you have, you're in a new city, uh, and everything has to happen. Um, right. And uh, you 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 learn quick, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to go back a second time and know how the trains from the airport meet up. Uh, just simple things like that, mm-hmm. having a having a bus pass, right, right. oyster cards, as they call it in in uh, in England. Why do they call oyster cards? An oyster card. I think that's like MTA. It's just the oyster card. That's mm-hmm. the business who got the contract. And it's yeah, oyster obs- card, and you just pass it, and it goes boop. <laughs> go in. Europe's um, a little weird. Oh, I, I don't mind it. It's a different way of thing doing mm-hmm. things. Uh, the history. So the travel uh, definitely is great, and it makes you better as an artist. Mm-hmm. But also, you bring your city there. Right, right. When I, yeah, when I went to Edinburgh, they said it's going to be the toughest thing you do, and then after. You know, it didn't knock me out, and I still going. I'm like, wow. They said this is going to be tough. I thought about it. I said I live in and work in New York City. Mm-hmm. The, the daily grind in New York City uh, uh, builds you up to handle stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. The stress, the, just the daily stress, just being around people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, so when the stress hits overseas, you're like, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. you just roll with the punches. So yeah, you sure. kind of helped me in that sense, but I didn't know that it would until after I went and I said oh I'm from New York that's why I didn't crumble <laughs> when every right. you know, when the shit hits the fan yeah I have the sort of like you know my way of thinking it's like I I, I like to think that you know I, the, the artist hustles a lot but the New York City artist is just like that much more uh, maybe it's probably coming from like an, an area of bias but uh, I mean you've been exposed to more artists than me so uh, like what, what's your take on it Oh, uh, does the art come out of a New Yorker more? Yeah, like, 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 do you think like an artist in New York City just has like that sort of like, you know, that gr- that grits that he's not afraid to, you know, do the extra? Well, I think the artist that lasts in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every artist can come to New York City. Right, right. It's all about circumstance too, because sometimes I'd rather, you know, I would love to be in the mountains, in the house, mm-hmm. and working on my craft. And, mm-hmm. Uh, being, uh, you know, I always uh, the touring thing, like even doing shows of, uh, in the summer, and you're going to these Shakespeare festivals around the country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, any kind of practicing your craft while you're working, I think is the best. New York City, yes, if you come to New York and you can last, but it's not the same as other small towns. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's why I moved to New York because I knew that New York was kind of one of the hubs, as in LA or New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. 
Um, I don't know if I answered that question. No, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I guess it's more like New York City is more like a, a filter rather than like where, where somebody like, uh, would you say that then? Uh, it's both a filter and a catalyst. It's totally, uh, you, it has to go through this frame that you right. see life at and it comes at you real fast in New York and it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's some places that are, are just as gritty. I went right. down to Baltimore, and there's so much oh, yeah. homeless, homeless in Baltimore. You're walking around, mm-hmm. and, you know, I always remember, you know, when people come to visit you in New York, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they're all looking up, you know, <laughs> all this flat, you know, just then the people, like, boom, mm-hmm. then the homeless, and it's then mm-hmm. the cars, and the beeping. It's just too much. It's all at mm-hmm. once. Um, so that definitely has an effect on you uh, and as an artist we're supposed to feel and be open and right. we feel everything uh, and it's a little much so i would love a ca- a cabin in the woods but well new york's okay <laughs> i don't mind it yeah yeah i think that's good yeah um i guess like uh you know i was born here and this is kind of like all i all i know so like when i, I go visit my parents back in california Cause they just, they actually just recently moved. I went there and everything's just like so spaced out and quiet and like nothing happens. Yeah. You need a car to get around. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, well, is New York city. Uh, like I heard it was different. Right. But like, Oh shit. It's really different. You know oh yeah. I mean? How long have you been here? Um, going on 20 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 20 years myself over as well but not really living in new york city when i started living in new york city but you said you grew up here yeah yeah. how old are you i'm 20 oh wow (laughs) that's nice it's a good feeling get the world ahead of you oh yeah for sure i think i kind of knew that it would take me 20 years in new york like i i accepted that and i said whatever Talk to yourself in 20 years, you know, because you start to work on something yeah. and it takes a while. And for a long time, I, after 20 years, what do you have? And I, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Then Edinburgh, that's why Edinburgh changed my life because you start to doubt what you're doing. How do you, what, what's the test? Right, right. Or that you can take to say, oh, you, you've done it. Like, yeah, I worked on films. I worked behind the scenes on films. I worked with Hollywood stars here and there on the sets and you would see people. So you're part of these uh, uh, projects that are big, but is it you? No, you're one of the guys uh, who was an extra. It's our background actor. Okay. You would say, I'm not furniture. <laughs> I'm not furniture. I don't do background. I'm not furniture. And, uh, <laughs> but you can actually make a career in the background acting. Uh, in New York, there's really? now more filming in New York than there is in LA with all of the Netflix and the the mm-hmm. uh, uh, smaller kind of shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, there's a lot of production work in New York. It's oh great. yeah, for sure. You can make a career. They, they, uh, filmed, oh, uh, they filmed Daredevil by my my friend's uh, house. Yeah, I have a friend in Daredevil. <laughs> That's awesome. It's yeah. yeah well, I just watched a movie. Uh, uh, on Netflix and a friend of mine directed it. I was like, damn. And then you start to question your life. Like, where, where am I? Where am I? What am I? Where am I? <laughs> Nothing. But I am. But mm-hmm. uh, you see other people. And it's great to actually know people doing stuff. Oh, yeah. 
so, so let's talk about your sort of like what you do. Cause you know, you sent over your, your bio and it's just like, it's too dude, well, I, got, I gotta be honest. Maybe you feel a little bad. What? <laughs> Cause you, you, you literally do everything. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Damn. But walk me through, like, you know. I'm embarrassed uh, about that. I just want to be a superstar and have everybody do everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really, but I do. Mm -hmm. I have to do everything. Like, if you're traveling alone with your solo show, it's just you, you know. I saw a great quote. So basically, you're out there, you're promoting your show. Mm -hmm. uh, And you have to come up with an idea. How do you do that? How do you? How do you get people to your show? That's the worst part. In New York, I, uh, I work at a bar and we're doing theater and there was a, sh- a sketch show and these, uh, this group did their show last night and it was great to watch. Uh, but they brought people. People came to the show. And for 20 years, you're inviting people to the show. Like, how many people can, how many times can your friends come to support you? <laughs> uh, yeah. It ends. And that's why, you know, when I did stand-up comedy, you you, you go through your, your group of friends, you can't ask them to, come again and uh it's just so it's constantly you need to perform Mm -hmm. uh and then you have to like get away and cut the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. and just do your own thing as well like i did theater and i was in a lot of productions and helping the production load in all of the furniture you got to get the furniture that's in the storage rent a van get the people off Unload everything. Uh, uh, unload everything out of storage. Get it into the van. Then lo- bring it in. Uh, traffic. Getting tickets. Uh, fire hydrants. Uh, towed. Uh, get it in. Uh, guy overslept. Like everything possibly. Mm-hmm. And so now I do a solo show. I don't have any props except uh, my art pads. Okay. And my pencils and pens. Mm-hmm. So, so walk us through it. Like, like what is your show about? Oh, geez. So basically I've created an, ex- an experience. I think it's a mm-hmm. Vincent Van Gogh people uh, in the middle of my show. Well, excuse me. Okay. Here's one. So uh, she interrupts me. This was in my last show. I did Van Gogh find yourself part of the uh, unofficial Upper East Side Ed Fest. Mm-hmm. This is in October. Uh, Peter Michael Moreno and Harmon Leon in August. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule. And I've only learned this because these guys are awesome as well. I go, hey, guys, let's do a festival when we get back with all of these people, like whoever Mm -hmm. we can get in New York City, and we'll just, you know, to keep it going. So they're like, oh, okay. And Edinburgh is just like, it's like the Matrix, right? You know, did you see the Matrix? Uh, I've heard of it. I don't really watch that many movies. Okay, so this is one part. Basically, they're in a computer, right? right? Right, right, And they're running, and they get to the roof. And there's a helicopter, a C-479 model number, whatever. Yeah. And, she goes, <laughs> and he goes, hey, do you know how to ride a helicopter? She goes, I don't, not yet. And she goes, uh, <laughs> Silo, whatever his name is. She goes, give me the flying directions for a C-479 fiver. And he goes, hold on one second. He looks it up. And he goes, here it is. Boop. And he hits download to her. And she goes. <laughs> and then she goes. All right, let's go. It's like in three seconds, she knew how to fly that. And so they, they start running and jumping in. But that's what Edinburgh is like, that three-second download. Like this information, you're meeting all these people, producers from around the world, like all of this stuff is happening. 
So I'm like, hey, let's do this again in October. This is in August, in the middle of this download. Mm-hmm. And alcohol, I will say. There's drinking in Edinburgh. You're in these little pubs, and the, the, the bricks, you know, are uh, 5,000 years old. I don't know. Just the oldest little building ever, and you're having a pint with some other artist friends. And I think it's the greatest. And uh, so I said, Peter and Harmon, I go, what do you think about doing a festival in October? And they said, yeah. And so we did the Edfest, the unofficial Upper East Side. I wanted to say Fringe mm-hmm. Festival, but we can't because in New York, the New York NYC Fringe, New York Fringe, NYC Fringe, right. they own the copyright of that word or whatever it's called. And if you use the word Fringe in New York, they'll send you a cease and desist. Wow. So I want, which is against Fringe, because Fringe means. I want to be a part of it too. And they totally co opted that. <laughs> the name is great because the word yeah, fringe you, comes New York from. New City doesn't care. Well, it's just opportunistic of using a word that oh, yeah. people identify something with. So we did Ed Fest, unofficial Upper East Side Ed Fest. Mm-hmm. So I did my show, Van Gogh. I did two shows. I did Van Gogh Brunch Yourself, and which was a brunch time show. It's just Van Gogh Find Yourself, which uh, can I swear? Can I use a mm-hmm. curse word? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. The original title was Van Gogh, Fuck Yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the original title, uh, which I have posters up somewhere in here. Anyway, so I asked these guys, let's do it. And they said, yeah. And this is in August. Mm-hmm. So I looked on the calendar and we had October open and it was the weekend, whatever. And we did October 27 and 28. And we did 11 shows in two days. And so I'm doing my show. And in the middle of my show, people interrupt me. They think they're with, with Vincent. And I'm like, hello, thank you for coming. I just would like to tell you all. Mm-hmm. Basically, I feel like people talk about me and say things, but they never met me in person. <laughs> yeah. So if I write a book about your life, mm-hmm. I have never met you. I might miss some details, yeah? This is what I feel happened in my life. Thank you for coming. Let's draw a painting. And then I get people to draw, and I have all awesome. supplies out. And this lady stops me in the middle of my show, which happens all the time. Because it's just you're, you're in this room with Vincent. We're in a circle, mm-hmm. and we're drawing, and I'm telling you little stories. And if somebody comes late, I'd say, come in. You know, it's just this little peaceful hour, one hour mm-hmm. time with a, a Vin- some master who's telling you stories, but also we're drawing pictures of each other. We're looking at each other. We're drawing pictures. Awesome. And I talk about what it's like to look at each other. And the technology mm-hmm. comes up, like the technology today, people are like this. And I, I try to use certain. I think you cut off a little bit there. We're still recording, though. I'm going to fill the empty space with... The sound of me drinking coffee. ASMR. Have you been thinking of buying real estate? Well, stop thinking and start doing. I know a guy. His name is, uh, his name's David and, uh, does real estate. It's 
cool dude. I, I think you should I think you should you should get to know him. You're back. Sorry. How's it going? Yeah, somebody shut the internet, the, the router off. That's why I had, I, <laughs> I work in the, in the bar. So mm-hmm. It was early. So I lost you there. I was in the middle of my story. Yeah, it's okay. It's uh, You're back now. That's what's important. You're here. We're back, people. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my photo booth. I, I created this photo booth. And it's a disco ball. Mm-hmm. And people come and and do photos in here. And but basically, this picture I wanted to show you, which is up. This is the lady who interrupted me. She asked me how to put sadness into a painting. Is that where we were? Yes. Did I drop? Okay, yep. So I have to answer these questions from people in the middle of my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in Orlando, I had a woman who had Tourette syndrome, oh. and she was the first one mm-hmm. in my show. So what I like also as well, I try to break the rules of what it is to be theater or whatever, you know. Right. So people come into the theater, and I'm already in the, in the room. Mm-hmm. And I did this uh, in 2015 when I did the show. I, I, I said, I need to start drawing. If I'm doing the show about Van Gogh, I need to be drawing. Right. So what I would do is just start drawing in rehearsals. I would draw my mm-hmm. my director, and I draw my director as I'm going through my monologues, and and then so when the audience would come in because it's Van Gogh, he's already drawing. He's in the room. That's all he did was draw. Right, he would right. draw while he was eating cereal. Like he would sketch so much when he was in art school. They're like, "What is he doing?" He would draw the little everything. He would draw everything he saw. And, he just drew and drew and drew. He always mm-hmm. had his materials with him. Like, how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. then fucking draw. You need to be drawing. This guy did that. And you, and I'm not doing any drawing at all. I'm not trying to do any technique. There's acting techniques. You have to do this. Or that. I just felt like I need to draw to feel also, what is it like to be an artist and judge you mm-hmm. what you just drew? Because that's the biggest problem I come across. So audiences come, they go, oh, no, no, no. I go, here, have some art supplies, please. Draw your partner next mm-hmm. to you on the left. Oh, no, I don't draw. And it brings up this conversation. Why don't we draw? And well, did somebody, when we were kids, somebody said, you, that stinks, or your brother, or your sister, or your father, somebody, your neighbor. Yeah, there was said something about refrigerator. <laughs> You're drawing stinks. <laughs> yeah, but you, we, there's people who are artists and talented, and they'd never pick up the pencil again because of something somebody said. Right. It's about this judgment. Mm-hmm. So in my show, I say, release all your judgments. Leave them outside the door. Let's just draw. Let's do a, a, a two-minute painting. Um, and forget our thoughts because our heads are not connected to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like sometimes when we're drawing and we have the freedom of expression, that's mm-hmm. not uh, from here. It's, right. it's a connecting to another place. So what I do with my show is I create an experience where you draw together with some master Van Gogh guy mm-hmm. and you hear the real stories and the different stories. And I'll tell you what, if I, if I heard the real story from you rather than what your neighbor said happened to you, I'm going to get a different story oh, yeah, because sure. people always think they know what the story is, but we don't. We've never mm-hmm. been there and we don't know what it's like. Right. So that's also what I've tried to do with the show is – the other views, the other stories, what are they? And they are. what's the chance that they're true? Um, 
That's cool. So, yeah. as I'm doing this, people ask me questions. And this woman asked me to describe how to put sadness into a painting. Wow. Okay. And I used uh, one of, oh, that was my, this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, I drew this during the show. So, I draw it during the show. But I wasn't drawing at the time. I, uh, all these little circles that are on here, like, I was just like, as I was doing, I was like putting a background on it. I was going to put a picture and I didn't know what picture it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when a blank piece of paper, what are you going to write? You're going to write a story? The page is blank. Right, right. You know, it, it starts to come out. And so I start to go and then she interrupts me again. And she asked me another question. And I think I answered her question about sadness into a painting, the way a carpenter uses his hands. And if you do this for 20 years, you can really uh, put your love into your work. Mm-hmm. And if you're having a sad day, that will come through as well. Right. Because your tools are your hands as a carpenter is. And if you're an artist and you continue to work freely without thinking too much and mm-hmm. feel through your work, then your feelings will come into your work and then your sadness. So I think that I call it her sadness. Hmm. That's Do you think she looks sad to you? She, she well, looks like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I draw live during the show. Mm-hmm. People are like, how do you do that? I go, I don't know. I go, uh, when I tried it the first couple of times, it's, it's hard. You're doing something. Uh, I never did that. I never drew a picture of somebody while I was performing on stage, which blows my mind as I'm even talking about it now. But what it does is uh, I'm dancing in this uh, mm-hmm. fear dance. It's a fear dance. I'm afraid. Okay. The script disappears from your head too when you're drawing somebody and just looking at them and you're con- and then you're having a conversation with yourself. Where am I in the script? Right. What stories did I tell yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. And so your your brain is still working. So like, yo, what's going on over here? Like we're doing a show. Uh, where are we in the show? Did we? I know we're early in the show. Uh, it's, it hasn't been long. I think we're on the first story. Mm-hmm. Is the first story this? And it's all of this, but and you just have to. Let me just draw this person. Let me just draw this person. And so uh, the techniques that I talk about, about mm-hmm. how letting go for the audience, just let judgment out. I have to do that myself live <laughs> on stage. I go, he's got to let it go, Bugs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm dancing in that same exact thing. They don't know that. But, and, and so in truth in what I'm saying, it's a faith that the script will be there. Like when I could, finish the picture, then I have to get back into the story. And sometimes people ask me questions and it leads the story that way as well. Because as the story talks, I go, this is great. And I put the story. So it's an experience with Vincent and you're drawing some pictures with him and maybe he'll draw a picture of you. So that's, is that a good explanation after we got split? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool um, concept. I, I'm just kind of curious, like, why, why, why Vincent? Why Mr. Go? Oh, well, <laughs> you know, when I, my first acting book I read, it was a poem in the front of the book mm-hmm. by Vincent. And the Buddhist teaching, uh, if you're studying Buddhism and there's a poem on the front of the book and you can understand the poem, you do not have to read the book. This is a Buddhist uh, rumor or training or, you know, parable. You know, basically that 
So, you know, I just, there was a poem above Vincent Van Gogh in my first acting book. I was uh, taking a private class from a very expensive, uh, high-profile teacher. Mm -hmm. She said, read this book. I read the book. Van Gogh was the opening uh, quote in the book, and it's about creating your own path. And when you create your own path, it's okay to go the other way that other people have not gone because there's flowers growing on that right. man. You know, everybody else stays, just step on the flowers and follow each other and follow each other. And then you go your own way and you don't know if you're going that right way. You're like, oh my God, I think I'm lost. And this is like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, my internet connection is so it's just this um, it's mm-hmm. it's all fear and it's a dance of fear right it's really so like what, what, what would be like your what would you say your biggest inspiration is right it's so like why why did you choose you know this this sort of like this field Painting, drawing. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, he was an artist who did something. No, you're cutting off a little bit. Uh, led by what people say you should do. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I breaking up a little? Yeah, just a little bit. Could you repeat that? Yeah, um, by creating your own path. Mm-hmm. Doing something somebody has not done right. and being able to stick with it. Because mm-hmm. everybody's going to tell you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody can tell you. I'm not, I'm creating a, something. I'm creating something here. I don't, you don't, you don't draw. You're, you're. The driving force mm-hmm. for free when I'm out drawing on the streets right. and I give people free art because I don't want to be in the middle between somebody receiving something as a gift mm-hmm. and it's art. There's a lot of people who cannot buy art. So it's right. just this practice of giving as well. Hmm. I could do that. That's interesting. Oh, huh. a purity. I never really thought of art that way, I guess. I mean, you, you, it is sort of like the most selfless act somebody can do if you think about it. You know, you're just like, just providing. It's like putting out into, into the world. Oh, the great artists get paid. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. it's... Yeah, no, it's nice to have be able to buy a sandwich and a pair of pants. You know? Yeah, eating is good. <laughs> eating eating is good. You know, being able to pay rent is fine, I guess. But, you know, it, it's definitely it's definitely cool to, you know, to be an artist and have that sort of, like, mindset. Well, well he survived because his brother, you know, kept him going and <laughs> sent money to him. So there was, he didn't, he didn't work a side job. You know, he just full-time paint. <laughs> dove into his work. Whether it was yeah. drawing, and he, always, he started drawing, so he had help too. We all need help, you know. Yeah, we do. I need a little help. <laughs> I'll Venmo you right now. You ready to Venmo you? I'll, I'll Venmo you a tip when we're done with the interview. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I. 
I don't think I have Venmo. I think I do actually. Well, then you lost your chance. You you lost your chance, Walter. Sorry about that. Well, you're not going to get my million dollar arch. It's a crisp $5 PayPal bill. Crisp. You know, when I die, all of my art is going to be worth so much more money. That's true. Don't worry. I'll yeah. be like, uh, no, it's okay. I had an interview. We talked about that. My- I need to share. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great subject as well because mm. when an artist dies, their paintings and everything goes up on price after somebody dies. We, yeah. So I talk about that in my show as well. About like, why can't we support artists when they're alive? Supply and demand. Well, <laughs> we still support <laughs> artists when they're alive. So there are some there are some uh, groups out there and some foundations that you know will support. And but you have to. So I've been doing some work trying to get some uh, some grants mm-hmm. and stuff to continue my work and my drawing and you know. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing more shows and getting some funding as well yeah, for to sure. help cool. yeah. touch people. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Walter. Uh, it was really fun, uh, you know, talking about this sort of like this this concept of like you know you being you actually being Van Gogh basically, right? <laughs> people, it, it's actually really it, it's really fucking cool. I'll definitely go and and see if I can have brunch with you. Oh, please do. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll look around. I'll look around. November 20th. Yeah. Well, 20, 24th? 24th, 25th, right? Well, the 24th and 25th is the uh, EdFest, unofficial Upper East Side EdFest. Mm-hmm. And the 25th at 1 o'clock is Van Gogh Brunch Yourself. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, it would be great to see you today. Please come. Tell yeah, your sure. friends. I'll tell all my friends. Hey, thanks a lot for the interview. No problem, man. All right. See ya. Take care. Thanks. (laughs) You didn't get to see all my glasses. Oh, wow. Are you 40? Yeah, no. Am I 40? No, this was somebody had a... (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm telling you, it's crazy. The photo booth. I I could be the captain here. Captain. All right, brother. You're playboy. All right, see you. Signing off. Cheers. See you, man.